Hi there. You'll remember in one of my earlier videos, I talked about the differences in classrooms from when I went to school till now. When I first went to school, everybody sat in grade one with the same readers. We learned simple words and we learned phonics and we learned how to sound out the words and put the sounds together to be able to read. First we learned the alphabet, then the sounds, and then we put them all together to be able to read. Reading and writing and speaking and listening all went together. Phonics and reading comprehension and spelling and creative writing, they all worked to create a single group of students who were expected to learn all at the same pace. By the time I was teaching, there was some progression and there was an awareness of the fact that not everybody learned to read at the same time. Surprise, surprise. And so teachers were expected to divide their classes up into groups. You had the high and quick reading groups and you had the low slow reading groups nobody called them fast and slow they were given different names but the kids at the top knew that they were good students and the kids at the bottom knew that they were not good students and everybody in each group had to read all the same things of course when I first started to teach, almost all of the kids in the classroom were from the same ethnic group, the same country, the same kinds of family structure. So it wasn't so far out for everybody to have the same kinds of reading materials. By the time I finished teaching, there was an awareness that classrooms were comprised of a huge diversity of students. Students that came from all kinds of backgrounds, ethnicities, sexual persuasions, differences in kinds of families, religious groups, everything. There was also an awareness of the fact that when children started to learn how to read, they would learn to read faster when they were interested and could relate to what they were reading. Today, we have taken that even further. We understand that no two children are the same, no two children learn how to read at the same speed, and no two children side by side, sitting at a table in a classroom, are necessarily going to enjoy the same kinds of things to read. <coughs> now, you can ask yourself, why is this important? What difference does it make what you use to learn how to read? The end goal of a proper literacy program tied into a proper reading program is for people to love how to read. 
and to be able to understand what they're reading and relate to it. When you think about it, we know that those who read succeed. But those who read, read things that are of interest to them. You practice when you like what you're doing. You avoid practicing when you don't like what you're doing. Think about athletes who practice for hours and hours and hours at a time when they want to become pro athletes at the sport that they like to play. That's because they like the sport to begin with. And so it's not a drudge to practice all the time. The higher you go, the more you have to practice, obviously. But they want to practice. They want to be the best. The same thing goes for musicians. There are musicians that are very happy just learning how to tinker on an, on an instrument. And there are others that want to get better. And there are others that want to be perfect. The more you like what you're doing, the more fun you're having doing what you're doing, the more you are going to learn and the faster you are going to learn. It's all about internal motivation. So how does this translate into reading in the classroom? It's one thing to practice the skills of learning by practicing reading all the same things. But we know now that our reading programs have to include plenty of time for kids to read what they want to read, what they find interesting to read. And that requires the teacher to know her, his or her students well enough so that the teacher can look for books that will motivate the readers. It also requires the library to look for books and look for materials that the children will be interested in. And it doesn't necessarily have to be novels. It can be books about music or sports or science or math or just about anything that a student is interested in. Because here's what happens. If I'm interested in politics, when I, as an adult, as an elder adult, pick up the paper, I gravitate to the articles about politics. If I'm a musician, the things that catch my eye are the things that talk about music and other musicians. And so I will read, which is practicing the skills. The younger the students, the more important it is. Because the younger the student, it's all about the internal motivation of wanting to learn how to read. The older the student, other factors come into play. Having to read something because they have to complete an assignment. Or having to read something because they're interested in solving a problem. And so they'll read a diversity of things. 
And the motivation then becomes completely different from just the desire to learn how to read. From the beginning, when children go into school, they want to learn how to read because they see that adults read. And there's another key. They want to read because they see other adults that want to read. If a child sees a parent or a sibling with a book and enjoying that story or that book, then the child wants to have something to enjoy as well. And so they look for books to enjoy. We have to encourage reading interests in the young. And then we encourage success in reading. And then we encourage them to find books that interest them so they can practice and improve. When it comes time to demonstrate new learning of things that we personally have don't know about, we have the obligation to try and find out so we can tell when the students appreciate it. When, we're, when they're young, chances are we are going to know enough about what they're reading that we can ask probing questions to see whether the student enjoyed it, whether the student learned from it. When we are older and students come to us with things that are unfamiliar to us, then we have to know how to ask the right questions. That's an important skill to develop. But the important thing is that we are working with the student to enhance their reading skills. And then how we apply that to literacy we ask the students about the stories in the books they've read and whether or not they identified with it. We want to encourage students to grow. We encourage that growth by encouraging them to look for other books and other things that they're interested in. There was a time when that was very difficult. I remember when students would come to the library and they would ask me about books that they wanted to read or about books on a particular topic. And so I read all kinds of children's books so I could help them. But today, all they have to do is use Google, unfortunately. But then, once they find what they're interested in, we have to help them make sure that what they're interested in and they find is appropriate, and then we follow through on that. Because we help them choose books, we have to remember that too hard and they become frustrated, too easy and they become bored. Then all the other things that I've talked about come into play. But I can't overemphasize how important it is to have a diverse collection of reading materials from different backgrounds and from different subject areas so that our students see that we acknowledge their differences 
and can do what they have to do without saying, I can't find anything. We'll continue with this another time.